Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Work Hard to Tire Early podcast. I am your host, Joseph Hadaway, and tonight or today we are sitting down with Malcolm Teasdale. Malcolm is an entrepreneur in the tech industry, starting his own software development firm back in 1998, and he grew his company from a grassroots startup to an award-winning, internationally known corporation, with its products being sold, promoted in more than 80 countries, and having offices in four. Today, Malcolm travels full-time and does speaking engagements for various cruise lines and has published five travel books. So how are you today, Malcolm? Very well, thank you, Joseph. And that was a wonderful introduction, I may add. Glad to hear. So one thing I want to start out, and we talked about this before, even before 2013, you were traveling and relocating quite a bit for, for work. Was that something you were looking into, or did it just happen? It basically happened. Um, I'd been working for corporations up until uh, I decided to go out on my own, uh, well, with a work colleague of mine. And I'd moved around a bit through corporate transfers to Canada, back to Britain, and over to America. I actually came to America in uh, 1985. So I've been here quite some time now. Suffice to say, I speak just like an American. Um, (laughs) You don't make you laugh. No. uh, So I used to travel around uh, for for work a bit and uh, but when i started the, the business our technology business um it was a case of well i have to travel because we our product uh, did ultimately have a global reach but you know we couldn't just sell it or, or market it from sitting in our chair in our office we had to go out on the road a lot and that's basically what happened really out of curiosity, uh, do you feel like that was just because of the times, or do you think the travel to market is still as relevant today as it was back in, say, the 90s, early 2000s? Sorry, uh, Joseph, what was that question, please? So out of curiosity, do you think that the having to go and travel internationally for marketing was more a sign of the times, or do you think that's still relevant today? Oh, it's very relevant today. It was a sign of the times then. Um, believe it or not, uh, we'd, we'd really, our focus was just on North America at the time, uh, primarily um, United States, Canada, uh, and Mexico. Um, then we, we wanted to sell in uh, time zones that were sort of um, friendly to us. Um, so it, it, that made sense. But because we felt we had a product that would work internationally, um, we, we ventured overseas. Never thought about it initially, but obviously there was compelling need for it. So um, it was a case of, well, off we go. I, I moved to Singapore, actually, uh, once we decided to go to Asia, because it's time, time, it wasn't time zone friendly work from the United States. So I moved to Singapore in 2007, 2008, so I could um, do business in that, that region. It made absolute sense. So, yeah, there's an absolute need for it. And I would say even today as well, even more so. I know a lot of people may not think that. I say, well, why? Because, hey, just because the economy isn't doing great here at all the time, it may be doing well somewhere else, and they may need our products. So it was a no-brainer for us, to be honest with you. We, we, we needed to do it. Makes sense. And you know, going back to your time before starting the business, do you feel like traveling and relocating quite a bit changed your mindset toward work and – did it at all drive you to start your own business? Uh, hard to say that. Uh, you, I grew up in Coventry, England, 
I went through the normal, went, went to college there. Uh, then um, I had an opportunity to move to Ottawa, Canada with a technology company. I thought, well, this is great. Um, how cool is this? So I emigrated in January of whatever year it was and froze to death for six months. And it was fine. I didn't enjoy what I was doing, but luckily I was able to join another company in Ottawa who then transferred me back to the United Kingdom, which was excellent. And then I was there a year and a half and that same company moved me to the United States because it was a growth of a product for that company. And then I thought that was a, a wonderful opportunity because I really like, like the United States. I thought, well, I know I'm going to be on the road when I come to the United States. I get to see America. How about that? You know, I knew, knew I'd be working long hours. So, but the thought of travel was always in my blood because my parents did a fair bit of it, you know, and they took me with them wherever, you know, not all the places I went to. But so it was in my blood from an early age. So for me to come over to America in uh, 1985 was great because uh, I, I knew I'd get to see a lot of the United States. So it was a wonderful opportunity, and that's what happened. Definitely not a bad one, to say the least. Nothing wrong with some travel, I'm sure, as you'd agree. Yeah. So, and then moving back into, you know, when you started your own business, at first, you know, what were the days like? I'm sure at long hours, and did it ever slow down? <laughs> Um, no, it never really slowed down uh, because we were in initially, uh, we, we had to bring staff on, of course, software development people, and uh, we had to take care of them. Of course, that, that's another story um, about taking care of your employees. But um, no, because we had to make it happen because um, myself and my partner, we had mortgages to pay, all that stuff. We we had expenses and salaries to pay. So, yeah, it did mean hard work, but we weren't afraid of it. I, I'm, I was used to working stupid hours anyway when I worked for the corporation through the night, so it didn't bother me. Um, so I was all right, and that meant getting on a plane, red-eye planes, whatever. And um, so I sucked it up. I had more energy then than I do now. But then we decided to branch out into the international markets, and that obviously time zone changes and all that. Um you know, I went through with with travel three phases. Um, first, when I came to the United States, I knew I was going to travel a lot, and I was all excited about it. Yeah, I'm going to visit here, there, and everywhere. Then I went through a second phase of I hate it. I hate getting on planes. I hate lining up at the airport, and I hate working long hours. The third phase was just pure acceptance that I had to do it, especially when I had my own business, that I knew I had to do it, and I just sucked it up, and uh, and uh, then we got the rewards for doing it of, of hard work there. We had to do it. And also, uh, I think you mentioned in your bio that you had some previous business ownership experience. Did that transfer uh, yeah. over or was being an entrepreneur something totally different? No, I, basically uh, uh, the, the, the two of us uh, started this business in 1998, but we had a previous company, a technology company. We had a third partner and that didn't work out. Um, so uh, well, it did, but we decided to further venture out on our own uh, and uh, start this other company in 1998. Which ultimately did. We had different aspirations, and uh, so we and our work ethic was such that we knew 
what we had to do and uh, make it succeed. So um, the company we started in 1998 was the main one. But yeah, there was um, previous company ownership before that, lessons learned, and uh, use that experience to move on. Makes sense. And just out of curiosity, you know, when growing an international firm, what would you say was the hardest part about that? What, in the international markets? Yes, sir. Um, the, the challenge was, uh, I didn't, it wasn't really a challenge, but if it was a challenge, it was an enjoyable challenge. But I think there is a need to learn about foreign cultures or foreign business cultures when you go overseas. So I learned a little bit about them. I've been traveling a little bit. And, you know, just because we live here in America or or Britain, many countries in the world don't think like us. They don't act like us. They don't do business like we do. Nothing wrong with that. It's just the way they are. And they want it that way. So it's always good to learn about the foreign business cultures. And also, which I found out was a cool thing to do, whenever you go, and it could be South America, Asia, or places in Europe, if this is new to you, then learn a little bit about the country's history and geography because it matters in so much when you go and meet a person or a business person in another, another country, you've already proven that you've shown interest in their country and their politics, whatever. And uh, so it helps. And uh, no one internationally is going to do business with it unless they trust you or they can treat you like a friend. But if you show interest in the place that they're working in, then that goes a long, long way. So I, by the research I did or the learning I did, I sort of hit the ground running. Yeah, I made mistakes, of course, but it, this educational process for me was very beneficial. I hear you on that. Definitely. I mean, if someone came to the U.S. and wanted to work with me, I'd appreciate them doing the research. So I could see that being beneficial in other cultures also. Yeah, absolutely. It, it works, especially when I was in Asia. Okay, so we Latin America or in Asia. And it comes down to even, and it, it, you may think this is funny, uh, Joseph, but even when you go, it could be Mexico. I've got many stories to tell of, of this, but if you go to a foreign land, part of the um, business process is getting on with these people. But when they said, oh, Malcolm, let's go out uh, to lunch somewhere today, or we're going to take you out tonight. And you just do it because it, not that you're going to get into trouble, but yeah, you could have some weird food along the way or some weird drink, but it's all part of the process. Just suck it up and do it. It all goes took towards uh, creating a biz- uh, great business relationship with uh, people in the international market. All about that networking, even overseas, yeah, other countries. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it, it works. Trust me. Yeah, I've had late nights out on the town in weird places, but it doesn't matter. You know, it's all that was sort of going up. I was a bit younger then, but I, I enjoyed the uh, learning experience and the people I met were all always great even in foreign lands, however obscure the land may be, but it was, it was, we're all human beings and uh, it was um, a fulfilling experience. I hear you. And then I guess moving on now to after you sold the company in 2013, what was that next step? You know, waking up in the morning, not having to go to work. What, what kind of thoughts crossed your mind there? 
Yeah, it was. Um, it, I went through a challenging period because when you sell a company, um, we sold ours to a, lar- a large organization. So we went through a six month due diligence period. Made sense. Um, so ev- eventually the, the, the deal happened and it was all, um, it, it was well done actually. And we bowed out. And basically, I thought well, I just basically sat back on my arm. I said, well, now what am I going to do? And I would say after a few weeks, maybe two months, I start to get bored. And I should have realized this, but we're so wrapped up in getting things finalized here that you've got to have a plan. So if you retire early or if you retire any age, you've got to have something to do uh, to keep you active. And I still do that now. Just try and keep active because you will get bored. And um, so that's, that was a lesson learned for me. Yeah, I, I did start to get bored. And you have those regrets. You may have those regrets saying, damn, I wish we had never sold the company. I was enjoying what I was doing. About yeah, no, don't have any regrets, but make sure you got something to, to do, look forward to, and uh, find a hobby or something like that. I hear you. Rolling Stone gathers no moss. Yeah, exactly. So it's out of curiosity. How would you describe yourself? Early retirement? Uh, you still do speaking, so like self-employed or? Yeah, in fact, um, it wasn't until I would say two years after that I got approached by um, an agency who just said, hey, Malcolm, he said, have you done any public speaking engagements on cruise ships? And my response was, well, I've never been on a cruise ship. <laughs> so I said, well, give it a go. And I started to do this. And it was quite, because I always like traveling, but to be on a cruise ship um, with a ton of people and uh, I don't know, and you go to the ship ports where, you know, you only get to see um, the local area where the cruise ship docks for a, a few hours at a time. It didn't see appear appealing, but I started to do it and it grew on me. And that's a good thing because I do the public speaking now and I talk about destinations, travel, foreign cultures, some more about business, but mainly about uh, destinations around the world. So it gives me an opportunity to learn about more about the history and culture of different places around the world. And the cruise ships I've been on have taken me to the Caribbean, Europe, up in the Baltics, Russia. Uh, So I've been to some wonderful places and seen some wonderful sights, I must admit. And if I can stay overnight in a port, I'll do that. Or even go ahead of um, a few days if the the ship's taken out of Southampton, England, or Amsterdam. I go a few days ahead at a time. And even today, um, you know, with the COVID era, uh, I'm hopeful that things get back on their feet. And uh, I've got look like about three cruises lined up over the next three months. So we'll, we'll see. Um, so it's all good. Uh, I'm able busy. to just pick and choose, basically, which is which is nice. Yeah, definitely still keeping busy. I, I hear you on that one. Yeah, I think because you know, I've, I've learned a fair bit along the way, and I don't mind talking to people about it so people can learn a little bit about how the rest of the world works. Because a lot of people don't know is is surprising to a lot of people. And I can tell them about my obscure trip or whatever it may be, or when I tricked the Himalayas, which I've done that since I retired. Um, they said, wow, because it's some of these trips that really 
remain in the brain cells forever. You know, uh, they, they create these memories that you'll never forget. And that's why I try and encourage. And uh, I'm fortunate to have been in a position like that. I just pass that information on to people who also, you know. I agree. And out of curiosity, say any tips to uh, anyone that has somewhere shoot to you, you know, looking to start their own business today or maybe even, you know, getting ready to sell their company? Anything you'd say to them? I would say this. Um, I, I don't know, because of the era we live in, there's always an opportunity to start a business. My reason for starting a business is that because myself and my partner work for a corporation that developed a product which I thought was really important to the industry, but they had not, they had other priorities. They didn't want to invest money into it. So there are other priorities, I get that, but we saw more importance in it and we thought we could develop a better product. And that's what we did. We developed something better than what our previous company had. And then we started um, uh, selling it and that, that worked. Uh, but anyone who's starting out, you've, you've got to go all in on this and, um, you know, uh, obviously, if you've got expenses or a mortgage, then you've got to be confident. But do your research first. Is there really need for the product? What is the um, sort of market potential, especially international? International was a big thing for us, by the way. All right. So uh, do your research and keep with it. Get great employees. We gave many of our employees a piece of the company as well to encourage loyalty. And um, because with with high qualified software engineers, the last thing we want to do was them to leave and go and work somewhere else. So many of them had a piece of the company as well. Very important employee retention. So these are things we learned along the way. And, uh, but yep, there's a whole world of potential out there if you want it, all right? I hear you. And I like what you even mentioned about giving the employees a piece of the company. So, uh, sorry, Joseph, you, you, you broke up there. Uh, you miss- I'll say, yeah, good point. I like what you said about give the employees a uh, piece of the company. Yeah, exactly. A, make them an owner, get, change that mindset. Uh, exactly. Yeah. And you, 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 you'll, you'll be surprised at what that does because um, since they have part of the company, they will put in good effort and become valued employees because they're part of the ownership. They they want to be piece of the action, and you know, um, yeah, we, we we had to let a couple of employees go that we didn't didn't turn out as well. But everyone, all the employees, were on a a, a, a six month incentive program. They had uh, achievement goals, and you know, but they expected that. You know, and uh, but we had offices. We landed landed up with four, four offices in worldwide, like United States, Canada, Australia, and London, uh, England, um, so we could sort of support that local area. Um, so it didn't matter. That seemed to be the common sense thing to do. Yeah. Common sense is a big thing, right? By the way, best degree you can ever get is one of common sense. <laughs> Amen to that. Well, thank you very much for coming on today, Malcolm. Uh, for all of our listeners, where can we find you online? Any websites, social media? Yeah, I've got a couple of websites. Um, MalcolmJTeasdale.com. And uh, if you want a closer look at the, the books I've written about business and adventure travel, it's uh, called TravelingEnglishman.com. 
I will say for anyone listening on Malcolm's website, head up to the opinions tab in the top right. It's a good read. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's all good. It's all good. I'm, I'm fortunate, but yeah, those, those two websites, I'm on LinkedIn as well if people want to track me down there. But And I do have some Facebook and uh, Twitter. I don't use it a whole lot. It's really uh, just is fo- focused on... Um, you know, my, my website's malcolmjtstyle.com and Traveling Englishman. That's pretty much all, all, it all there. And I'll make sure to link all those in the show notes below. Well, thank you again for coming on, Malcolm. It was great talking to you. Yep. Thanks, Joseph. Thanks for inviting me. Talk to you soon.